So first let's settle into our posture, find a posture that is conducive for meditation. Posture should be both comfortable and stable. So check the legs, cross them in such a way that they are comfortable, that they remain where you place them without you having to consciously hold them there. And place the hands in such a way that they are also comfortable and also they will remain where you place them and you don't need to consciously hold them in that place. Check your elbows, make sure they're not too far nor too close to your body. Shoulders are even, relaxed. Your back naturally straight. Center your head and neck so you don't need to consciously again have to hold your head and neck in place. You place them, leave them there and they remain. Jaws not too loose, teeth not clenched, tip of the tongue touching slightly the back part of the upper teeth. Eyes conducive to meditation, opened, closed or half opened. Already begin to be aware of the sense of ease that is now in the posture. and make a determination to continue to remain in this ever-deepening sense of ease. Then bring your awareness to your breath without any concern about controlling the breath, about forcing the mind to focus on the breath, not even concerned about whether or not there are distractions. Don't worry about chasing them, don't worry about running after any of them. Just follow the breath to the best of your ability. And as you continue to follow the breath, have a part of the mind, scan the posture to make sure that this posture is comfortable, that there is stability in this posture, so that during the period of time, the adjustments. You can already begin your sense of determination as to what you're about to do, what kind of meditation you're, you're going to engage in, what is it that you seek in this very session.
your attention again just back to the breath. After making the adjustments with the posture, make a resolution that you will stay in this posture as it is for the duration of the meditation and you will not allow yourself to move under any compulsion. And bring your awareness again back to the breath. While you are inhaling, be aware that you are inhaling. While you are exhaling, be aware that you are exhaling. And when the breath is back to inhalation, be aware that it's inhalation again. In this way, let the continuity of your awareness follow the breath unbroken for about 21 cycles. If the continuity of awareness is broken, start from one over again. Be aware of the sense of ease. How it is now deeper in the posture. How it is reflected in the rhythm of the breath. 
how the mind's quality itself has taken on this sense of ease and be determined to continue to remain in this ever-deepening sense of ease. And while in this sense of ease, recall your reason, your motivation. What are you going to do in this session? Bring that sense of desperation, looking for the cure, the ultimate cure. Like your head is under water and you're desperately seeking air. You feel your troubles. And you're desperately looking for truth. When you finally arrive at this truth, at this place you seek, what is it that guaranteed you success? What is it that guaranteed you? What is it that guided you perfectly there? What is it that protected you so you can reach there safely? that answers these questions. Your guarantee of success, your infallible guidance, your perfect protection. No matter how slight this presence is felt, hold on to whatever measure you feel. And if you feel its bright presence, be aware of that bright presence. If not, then know that you are in the presence of a bright form, as bright as the sun even, or even brighter. This is your guarantee, your infallible guide, your perfect perfect protector. and holding on to that measure of conviction. Entrust yourself, take refuge, accept the protection, the guidance. Whenever you lose that measure of conviction, go back to the questions. Feel that measure of conviction, hold on to it. While holding on to that measure of conviction, that you are indeed in the presence of your infallible guide, your perfect protector, 
that which will guarantee you success. Now show your reverence in your mind, prostrate. Show your gratitude, make offerings, think of things that you own that makes you happy and offer them, think of things that no one owns and offer them, think of the things that exist only in your imagination and offer them. Clear your conscience, admit your faults and the actions committed under their influence, knowing that through the power of your habits it's difficult for you to restrain. So entrust yourself in the three jewels for protection, for guidance, for strength, and according to your own capacity make a promise of restraint thinking of a definite period of time in the future then think of something to do to make up for the lapses of the past refine and uplift your mind through taking great joy in all measures of goodness all measures that are either the results of merit or the collecting of merit yours or others the merits 
you've collected through your investing in the spiritual path the efforts that you've already invested the efforts of others the progress that you've made rejoice for those who have already achieved what you're aspiring to achieve let your mind take great joy Keep the state of feeling joy, the clarity of it, the lightness of it. While in this lightness, now embrace all beings. Look at their conditions, the different, the various problems that they are experiencing the happiness that they lack let the compassion and love within you swell and embracing them in, in this compassion and love turn your mind to the three jewels your teacher and feel connected to all enlightened beings through the teacher who is appearing in that bright form in front of you and on behalf of all who are suffering who are desperately looking seeking true happiness ask them to please teach how to truly end pain teach all beings how to find true happiness ask them to please stay with beings to never abandon them never leave them until all beings are truly free truly happy now with great determination recall the meditation that you are about to do in this session and dedicate the merit you have gained so far to help you succeed
again rehearse in your mind the guarantee the infallible guidance the perfect protection in that bright form in front of you this is the very embodiment of all that you aspire to achieve feel a, a yearning to be closer and ask the teacher to come to the crown of your head and feel find that measure of conviction while holding on to it ask for blessings whatever it is that is obstructing you may be free of it whatever you need to succeed may come to may come to possess it and feel the blessings of the teacher descending from the teacher's heart like liquid light washing away all your obstructions infusing you with all the realizations you seek feel that sense of desperation for truth let it fuel you let it fuel how you are making the request thinking about how the very embodiment of what you're aspiring to is above your head your yearning before wanting to be closer is now stronger now you wish to become inseparable and through the strength of your aspiration the form of the teacher dissolves into a point of light descends through the crown of your head then merges with your mind at your heart center try to see and also feel this point of light descending and when it reaches your heart find that spark that you have become one with the teacher and hold on to it no matter how slight it may be
staying aware of the breath, become aware of the body once more. Hello everyone, welcome. If you want to, you can stretch your legs to make yourself more comfortable. So I uh, talk a little bit uh, longer in the preliminary about that that, that uh, sense of desperation you're supposed to have at the very beginning, so that I don't have to talk about it too much now. Okay, so you have that already. <coughs> And we've been talking a lot about one of the methods of, uh, of arriving at the true nature of reality, at, at a deeper understanding of it, and that's the meditation called, uh, uh, well, Chiktandel, Chiktandel, um, one or many, same or different, no, one of those uh, d- translations. Okay. Now I'm going to jump to the, the king of... <laughs> The king of an, uh, the method of finding uh, of finding the true nature of reality, okay, and and this is the one uh, where you where you analyze on the on depend, or dependent origination, okay. Now before you jump to uh, you know the Madhyamika Prasangika presentation that unfortunately most of you have been introduced to, <laughs> so we have to begin with. Uh, from the very beginning, okay, the very beginning of understanding dependent origination, and understand how how is it that if you say because it depends, therefore it doesn't exist inherently, you have to truly get to that sense of what that means. You have to really get to a sense of a, a true experiential sense of it. You say, ah, oh, oh yeah, that's true. Okay, so first, and it's the same form of meditation. I mean, as far as the dynamics are concerned. You have to first find that sense of uh, that sense of uh, the sense of self, the sense of identity that we impose uh, self-existence upon, and how the mind and and the self-existent appearance that is that is you have to find it, and after you find it, then you have to try to establish it, whether it is true or not. And in, in, in order to establish it, then we go to the meditation of, of uncodependent origination. <laughs> and the, uh, the metaphor, or the, the, the poetry of it was that uh, uh, something about you can always know who your mother is, but you cannot, always, you, you, you cannot be sure about who your father is. <laughs> but your uncle, if you ask your uncle... <laughs> Your uncle can tell you, can show you who your father is, something like that. 
<laughs> so that's, that's the poetry why uh, the text was called Uncle Dependent Origination. Okay. So you're looking for, for uh, the true nature of reality, dependent origination. You are looking for emptiness, but you cannot, you cannot directly know emptiness. So you're going to go by the way of dependent origination. You're going to ask uncle, dependent origination. <laughs> okay? And then through that route, you're going to get to know, uh, try to get to understand the true nature of reality. Okay? <coughs> now, the first thing, let's look at uh, an apple. Okay? For example. Okay? I, would, I was going to choose, choose a mango, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get into trouble. <laughs> okay. So, what is it about this phenomena that makes us say, oh yeah, makes us be able to identify it as apple? Okay. Is there something about it that, 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 that is definitely apple about it? Is there appleness in apple? Okay. And how does apple appear to your mind? That's the first thing you have to, have to, you have to, you have to, you have to find. How, when you think of, when you encounter apple, when you encounter you, when you encounter self, how does it appear to you? Okay? Then you have to first find that. Then after you find this, then find how the mind thinks, find how the mind uh, holds uh, its mode of existence. How does the mind hold this thing to exist? Okay. Then, once you find that, then you start doing the analysis. Okay. What is it about apple that makes you say apple? Is the apple in apple? Okay. So, you have an apple in front of you. So, what is it about it that makes it apple? Is it the color? Is it the color? Yes. Yes? Partly. Partly. Yes, partly. <laughs> now, already we're in trouble, right? <laughs> There's this thing in front of you. You say, yeah, that's apple. I mean, wh wh what are you getting? You're getting colors, you're getting shape, and, and sooner or later you're going to get the sense of touch, you're going to get uh, taste, you get all these things, right? So you're thinking, you know, it's these things that makes apple. So, is it the shape that makes apple? <laughs> so, you have color, shape, now texture, the, the feel of it. Definitely, that's the one thing that makes apple, right? So, what is it about it that makes us say apple? Okay. The imagery. Imagery, exactly what's the image? Is it the color, the shape? Is it red? Is it because of a, a kind of red? What kind of red? <laughs> what about green? <laughs> what kind of shade of green? Wait a minute, does it have to be both? A bit of each? But w you have a green apple, you have a golden apple, you have a red apple. Forget about the other kinds, okay? Just this <laughs> And you, you're saying apple to all these three things, and yet three different things are appearing to you. What is it about the, about these three things, common thing about them, that makes you say apple? It's definitely the, it's the shape. 
The shape. <laughs> okay. You know why it's the shape? It's the shape because a line drawing of an apple in any color at all mm -hmm. will prompt apple even though... Okay, so it's the shape. It's a line drawing. So it's the shape. It's not the shape that makes an apple. It's the shape <laughs> that makes me say apple. It's the shape that makes me think apple. Mm. Shape. So it's, so, it's, so it's more than the shape, more to the shape than the color or the texture. The consistency between the uh, qualities of the different colors of apples. The yeah, what is that consistency though? We're trying to find out. We don't need colors. We, we take it, okay, we, blink, okay, just the shape. Okay. I can, I can draw it with a pen. <laughs> it's a shape. So, if I, uh, it, can there be such a thing as a deformed apple? An apple logo. <laughs> it's not an apple. It's, it's not an apple. apple. A deformed, it's not an apple, right? No. You, if, if you went to the market and you saw a uh, not perfect shape apple, the way you think of it, you, you, wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't say that's an apple. That's a blemished apple. <laughs> <laughs> Imperfect apple. <laughs> but you wouldn't, you wouldn't call it a non-apple. Oh. Okay. It's the combination of all the partialies. Okay, it's the combination of all those. No, what? All the partialies. Everything you said is partially. All the partialies. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you understand how scholars come up with these beautiful terms, right? Mm -hmm. So, we're in a uh, hundred years from now, we're going to be start using partialies. <laughs> <laughs> like a potato but then you realize through the texture and the smell that it's a deformed apple mm. yeah so it's still an apple the thing is but, but you wouldn't see an apple how, why would why do you say apple because you need a system of things to describe things yeah um, can you imagine all, what, all, what fits into that system it's, it's like your mind is going through a bunch of ifs like in a, a million of them in, you know, in, in a, per second if it's this, 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 if it's this then an apple. That's what you are doing. Yeah. Excluding all the non-apples. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Now. <coughs> it just takes one run. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but we still call it apple. No. Mm -hmm. Okay. What is deformed apple? Rotten apple? Deformed to a point. Deformed to a point. <laughs> if it was a tiny piece of... How big does it have to be? How big does it have to be? Okay. Well, let's <laughs> no, they wouldn't. They they'd say it's a it's a cell of a what? From it's a Latin name. <laughs> was it always there? Was it always was it was it always that size? Was it always that color? Was it always that shape? Was it always that? Okay, so where did where did where did, they, where, did they, where did all those things come from? Causes and conditions. Yeah, causes and conditions. Okay, and what are the causes and conditions for apple? Grow from a seed. To Grow from a seed and a tree and grafting and da da da, orchard, <laughs> corner grocery. <laughs> okay, so. Now let's try to let's try to get to. The mind grasps apple. As soon as the mind looks at apple, the mind doesn't think about uh, all those different things that came together to, that, that, that's holding the apple nest together. It just sees apple and it seems to be, how does it appear? It appears to be a discrete thing. It seems to be a thing that is, you know, um, establishing its existence to you. Okay? It seems that it's letting you know that it, that it exists. Okay? And all these, uh, it's, it's, 
its existence is being, it seems to be being established by it. That's the, right? It seems to be being established by it. Right? And yet, when you look at the causes and conditions, if, if it's true that this apple is establishing its, its, its existence, then it wouldn't need any causes and conditions. Right? It would always be there. It wouldn't need any. It wouldn't need to have come from a seed. It wouldn't need to have come from a tree, and the and the tree wouldn't need it. Did not need to have uh, need to uh, to depend on no uh, fertilizer, water, sun, and and so forth. Right now, all of these things come together, and then they bring apple. Right now, look at apple as soon as you see it, and don't don't think about anything else, just apple, and, and try to find, just like when you were doing uh, me, 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 and trying to find that sense of me, so try to find what your mind is really holding onto when your mind says something, like when your mind says apple, for example, okay? A discrete phenomena, a distinct self-establishing uh, uh, phenomena, right? And then you, you do a, this. Gonna be, this, this might, if if you go through this in, just through in, uh, intellectually, and just gloss it over. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it comes to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, next, please. If you miss this one, then when we get to the prasangika majamika uh, uh, mode of dependence, then you, that's not going to mean much to you. Okay. You see how the apple, in order for the apple to exist as it is, how it depends on other things. Okay? Now, now this, this is the formula. Because it is a dependent, through your mind, a, a few times, just going through that. Okay? How is it that you can come to this conclusion? Because it depends, because it is a dependent phenomena. It doesn't exist. Now the Buddha did just said it doesn't exist. The Buddha then said, uh, it then qualified further, doesn't exist self-existently, doesn't exist through its own power. It just it doesn't exist because what you're thinking exists. That's exactly what the Buddha is pointing to. Doesn't exist. The apple that your that our ignorant mind is grasping onto. Okay, you can say it doesn't exist. You not you won't be in any danger of nihilism. Okay. That apple being held by the mind of ignorance, that apple doesn't exist. Okay. And it is just that. <laughs> okay? I mean, in the beginning. So, think of uh, something. Like me, for example. How does me appear to you? Me appear to be something distinct, something that, something that is very not dependent on other things, right? Something that is self-sufficient, self-subsisting, okay? And when, and when you just say, when you just point out how it, this sense, this me is dependent, and just by the gross dependence, you know, father, mother, then me. And, and, and that sense of self-subsistency will, will start to fade, 
until you feel that sense of until you feel that sense of self-subsistency <laughs> fading. You, you're not, you're not reach, you haven't reached a point where you can go on to the next one yet. Okay? You have to really feel it. It must be an emotional, uh, an emotional realization also. Okay? And, then it will, and then you arrive at a sense of Eureka. Ah! And then be able to say with uh, some sense of confidence, it doesn't exist. And when you say it, you know exactly what you're pointing to. That what is that it that doesn't exist? Okay? Me. And then a very separate, a very distinct, a very impermanent sense of phenomena appears to the mind. Okay, wait a minute. Is that true? Is it really permanent? Was it always like this? Was there a time when it, when it, didn't, when it, when it wasn't like this? And oh, because of these, this condition, because of these causes, it came into existence. So because it is dependent, it doesn't exist. Uh, and before we even go into the much much more complicated thing about the convention, you think you think ultimate is, is complicated? That's easy. The convention is the most complicated thing because that's where all the that, I mean, you know, every, when everybody is when everybody is in the ultimate, nobody's arguing with each other about about what they're seeing. I say, oh, ultimate, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, all right, all right, yeah. Uh, what about you? Okay. And because of the complexity of that, we're going to save that for later. Okay? And the only reason that you get to the convention is that when your meditation on the ultimate is becoming so, so palpable that the sense, you're, uh, uh, you're, because you're identifying with so much with what you are finding doesn't exist, you need proof that you're not going out of your mind. So you have to go to the convention. Okay? That's the, only, that's the reason for going to the conventional when you're meditating on, on, on the ultimate. But examining the conventional that is trying to establish the, what exists conventionally is not meditation on the ultimate. That's meditation on dependent arising, dependent, uh, meditation on causes and conditions, things like that. Okay? That's different meditation. Now, trying to convey to you the sense of the, that formula, okay? Because it is because it is dependent, it is empty. And try it and use even just repeat it to your mind a, a, a few times in the meditation, you know, the way uh, like you're reflecting on it, reflect, re repeat it, reflecting on it, and try to get to a real sense of ah, oh yeah. And when, when you say, oh, oh, yeah, not because, you know, oh, yeah, apples come from seeds and things like that, okay? Not, 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 that, not that sense of, oh, yeah, but that sense of that apple that is appearing to you and it, it, it starts to lose its hold <coughs> on you as I'm a self-sufficient, self-subsistent, self-established uh, uh, entity. When, it starts, when that starts to fade away, then you have that, ah, 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 ah then you can move on to, uh, to more sophisticated and, uh, understanding of what it means to be dependent. Okay? But, if, but stick first with the, the gross 
you know, the apple comes from the seed and the tree, and that comes from the you know, the soil. The the what else you got there? I'm not a farmer. <laughs> the soil, the rain, the 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 sun. What else you got? And the, the soil. Yeah, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, when you're reading the sutra and 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 the Buddha is saying this, and if has a, uh, a more profound ring to it when you're reading it in the sutra, even though it's Buddha saying sim- simple words, not guiding you. And the first, it makes you have that real sense of, yeah, I exist the way exactly, exactly the way I think I exist. And it goes through, through, the, through, the, through the meditation of dependent origination. Okay? Um, when we're doing this particular meditation, mm-hmm. right, we, we don't get into the kechikma as- aspect of it, right? So this is more the just it comes from causes. Yeah, it comes from it persists for a while and then it. So we're still it's still kind of the, the lower school aspect. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. We, uh, we're not going any further than that. Than that. We're not going into deeper, uh, deeper than that. Okay. Okay. Uh. Going to ask then. So if you needed your parents to be born mm-hmm. and exist, and you're dependent on breath and food, mm-hmm. then. All of Yeah. The way we are grasping ourselves to exist. That way which we think we exist, which is dependent on misunderstanding, that way doesn't exist. That me, which, I, which that way is grasping onto, that me doesn't exist. What me exists, you just said it. The dependent Dependent, one. dependent one. Yeah. So, but everything's dependent in yeah. some way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. But but deep within us, we're not convinced. <laughs> okay. All right. Make sure they had cup. We could have used cup. But they always say to start with self. Okay? Find a sense of self you are, that you're very proficient already at finding. And then find that sense of self-sufficiency about it, that feeling of self-sufficiency, that, that sense of not depending on anything, that you feel like you're unique, that you're you know, some permanent thing, <laughs> phenomena. Okay? And then I- examine the reality of it. Okay? And try to find that real emotional sense of ah, it's empty because it is dependent. <laughs> okay. All right, let's go. Saddle up. <laughs> so we're going to go back to that moment of uh, we, we left right before we started. What I start before I started talking. That sense of ease in the posture, in the breath, and in the mind. So first, go to the body. Make sure it's stable, comfortable.
and while observing five cycles of breath, recall what you, what you are determined to accomplish in this meditation and make it strong. See how the mind look conceives its mode of existence, how it is appearing to you, barely appearing to you, its bare appearance. Then do that formula with it. First find its dependence then conclude because it is dependent therefore it is empty
within this tranquil state strongly wish that they become free of whatever problems they are experiencing strongly wish that they come to true happiness dedicate the power of the merit you gain through this meditation to help you achieve your ultimate goal. Then bring your attention back to the breath Staying aware of the breath, slowly become aware of the body once more, starting with the top of the head and move towards the toes.